I've been wanting to talk to or talk about for a while something I've put a lot of thought into, a lot of prayer, um, into a certain aspect of our worship that we're coming together for. Um, we're told to come together for a lot of different reasons. Um, we're told to come together so that we could pray with each other uh, as a uni- united effort. We're told to come together to partake of the Lord's Supper that we just did. Um, we're told to come together to be able to uh, publicly read scripture. And we're told to, get, to come together to uh, sing songs. Uh, there's a lot of detail that's been given in songs and instructions about songs, and so I want to be able to look at that uh, this morning. Um, one thing I want to be able to look at is the cause uh, for worship. Um, one person said that true worship comes from filled people, uh, and I find that very true, that, that uh, it, it takes a certain person to be able to worship God in a way that is good, as God has instructed. Um, In Acts chapter 16, you get a story of Paul and Silas. They just get to Philippi. They are uh, instructing people about about Jesus and talking about God. Um, They started getting beaten with rods, struck with many blows, and they were thrown into prison. And in prison, it was about midnight, and Paul and Silas, these two people who had just been beaten up and thrown into prison, were doing two things. They were praying, and they were singing songs. Now, I want to be able to look at how that is actually possible, that two people just being beaten and thrown in prison would be so filled with joy that they would want to sing songs. Now what just happens in that story is that the other prisoners were listening to that. And the the jailer also was listening to that and he was later converted that evening. So what is it that fills these people up with thanksgiving and love for God in order to, to sing praises and worship God? James chapter 5, verse 13 says that if anyone is suffering, then he must pray. And as anyone cheerful, he is to sing praises. So it is a, uh, a byproduct of being thankful and being cheerful. Um, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is God giving instructions and the commandments to Israel. And this is his design for how he would have his people serve him. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. 
and shall talk of them. When you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your, on your hand. They shall be as frontals on your forehead and shall write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. This is God's instruction for how his people should love him with all of their strength, with all of their heart, with all of their soul. And then his next instruction was to teach them diligently to your sons. And you teach them diligently to your sons in everything that you do. And that's something that I want to be able to to look at, is that songs, they teach us. Um, We pray in our homes. We read the Bible in our homes. We should sing in our homes. And this is how our children learn. Isn't it? You look at... um, you don't have to turn there, but Exodus chapter 15, right after is- God had taken Israel out of Egypt and parted the Red Sea and destroyed the Egyptians who were pursuing them, Moses and the sons of Israel sang this song to the Lord and said, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song and he has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will extol Him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is His name. This is a song that they would be singing. This is a song that they would be teaching their children. Their children would have this song stuck in their head. And then later as they grow up, they learn about what it's actually saying. I had this written down, and and Mike actually led it. Turn to song number nine. Hymn number nine. Uh, we, just, we just sang that, Our God, He is Alive. I want to be able to challenge us where we're actually listening to the words of that song. Think about what this song is, is teaching each other. Song number nine, he is our, or our God, He is Alive. There is beyond the azure blue a God concealed from human sight. He tented skies with heavenly hue and framed the world with His great might. There was a long, long time ago a God whose voice the prophets heard. He is the God that we should know who speaks from his inspired word. Secure is life from mortal minds. God holds the germ within his hand. Though men may search, they cannot find, for God alone does understand. Our God, whose son upon a tree, a life was willing there to give, that he from sin might set man free and evermore with him should live. There is a God, He is alive. In Him we live and we survive. From dust our God created man. He is our God, the great I Am. Were you listening to those? I I know you are because I was was feeling that. I could hear everyone singing out as we were singing this. Were you thinking about what this is teaching each other, what this is teaching our children? Song number two, also, Alleluia, praise Jehovah. Were we thinking about the weight of those words, of what we're truly saying in that? In Isaiah chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 1, starting in verse 13.
God has not been pleased with the way that Israel had been worshiping. So in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 13, he says, Bring your worthless offering no longer. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and calling of assemblies, I cannot endure the iniquity and this solemn assembly. I hate your new moon festivals and your, oppor- or, uh, and your appointed feasts. They have become a burden to me, and I am weary of bearing them. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Reprove the worthless. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Come now. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sin as be, or sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though, you're, or though they are red like crimson, I will make them like wool. They have been worshiping God, bringing up these offerings and these sacrifices, like God has said. But they were not worshiping God. He says, your hearts are far from me. Isaiah 51, verse 15, O Lord, open my lips, that my mouth may declare your praise. For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I will give it. You are not pleased with burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. This is what God wants from his people. It is to be a work done that is filled and overflowing from the heart. In 2 Samuel chapter 24, Second Samuel chapter 24, uh, starting in verse 21. God was punishing David because of, of David's arrogance. And God stopped the plague. And David came to, to offer up a peace offering to God. So he came to the place where the, the plague had stopped. In verse 21, Then Arona said, Why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, To buy the threshing floor from you in order to build an altar to the Lord that the plague may be held back from the people. Arona said to David, Let my lord the king take an offering er, and offer up what is good in his sight. Look, the oxen for the burnt offering and the threshing sledges, and the yokes of the oxen for the wood. Everything, O O king, Arona gives to the king. And Arona said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. Verse 24, However, the king said to Arona, No, but I will surely buy it from, from you for a price, for I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God, which cost me nothing. 
So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 30 shekels of silver. David built there an altar to the Lord and offered up a burnt offering, a peace offering. Thus the Lord was moved by prayer for the land and the plague was held back from Israel. David says that I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God which costs me nothing. True worship costs us. There is a couple aspects of worship that I want to be able to look at. Um, number one is the leadership. The, those who lead our worship. A leader in worship is to help direct the hearts and the minds of the group. Now, notice I said help direct. It is not the work of the song leader to prepare your hearts to worship. That is the responsibility of every Christian to be able to come together to prepare yourselves to be able to worship God. It is the role of the song leader to be able to preserve unity, to pour out our hearts to God with gratitude and praise. 1 John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24 says, But an hour is coming, and now is here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to, his, or to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. It is something that is to be done with our hearts and with our minds. First Chronicles 13 through 16, um, David decides to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem where it belongs. And so what David does is he assembles all of Israel and he, and he brought the Ark on a cart and all of Israel was celebrating with all of their might. They were singing songs and instruments and the cart was, was, was tipped. And Uzzah, the priest, put out his hand to steady the ark and God's anger burned against Uzzah and he struck him dead. Now you take that and you look at that and you say, you know, that, that looks pretty good. They're bringing back the ark to Jerusalem. That's good. They're, they're celebrating. They're joyful. It is not as the way that God commanded it to be done. And so because they did it in a wrong way, God's anger burned against them. Now that's not the end of the story. God was, God was uh, upset with that, and David was upset with that. And so David left the ark where it was for three months. Three months passed till he finally comes back. He finally comes back in order, and ordered the priests to sanctify themselves and to carry the ark on poles according to the commands of God. He also assigned song leaders to worship in an orderly way. A man named Asaph was one of the, the first song leaders in the Bible appointed by David. He was skilled in music, but more importantly, he was a righteous, godly man. He wrote several of the Psalms, 
that we have in the Bible. He was a song leader. 128 of his descendants were song leaders 500 years later in the book of Ezra. This is something that is taught to our children to be able to, to continue to, to sing and to glorify God in song. It is worthy of it. Good worship leaders are men of God. We can't have worship be led by people who are simply good musical people. We need people who are godly to be able to direct, not only in, in music, but to be able to direct the hearts of the people. All right, so I have a couple, a couple things that, that a song leader can do in order to make the worship better and, and the, the most that it can be. First on my list is prayer. Song leading needs to begin with prayer. There needs to be prayer for humility because there, there's no place in a worship service for arrogance to be built up. It is dangerous and it is, is wrong. You need to have a humble spirit when you're coming first most before God and also before each other. So pray for humility. Pray for help leading God's people in sincere worship. And pray that all glory be given to God. These are all things that must be, or must be had uh, in the worship service. The second thing on my list is preparation. First off, get your attitude right. This is in order to give glory to God. Um, select songs that are, that are firstly truthful, that it's in accordance with God's word. Um, select songs that are appropriate. Uh, learn to, to, to lead songs. Learn how to pitch a song um, so that the words would be the focus and not let the, the music be a distraction. Um, we do not want to be too distracted by music that we won't be able to worship. Um, the song that we, we sang this morning, uh, number 683, Sing and Be Happy. You know, that wouldn't be a song that you would want to lead very slowly. Uh, so you want to be able to, to lead a song in a way that, that helps and in, encourages the most worship that we can be giving. Um, you know, and then there are, are other slower songs. Uh, oh, Father, let us see his death. It's, it's a quiet, mournful song. And so you want to be able to lead that in, a, in an appropriate way. Uh, learn and practice these songs. Know them well. Um, it's always a good, good practice to be able to, to understand that you, you lead best what you know best. You teach best what you know best. So know the song well when you are leading. Uh, third thing on my list is purpose. You are the song leader. You have been put, you're put in front of everyone in order to demand attention be given to our worship. The group will reflect the way you lead. Um, this, this is a, a principle that is taught all throughout the Bible. Anytime there is a, a king in the Old Testament that is righteous, then, then the, he, he turned the hearts of the people back to God or a king that is unrighteous, he, he turned the hearts of the people away from God. Uh, it, 
It is the, the work of the individual to be devoted to God. But the leadership can stir that up and to be able to make that so much better. It is to be done with purpose. Um, one thing that you can do in this is to work to minimize distractions. Um, if, if, we're, if we're not familiar with the song, we might stumble on some words. Um, mistakes will happen, and, that, uh, and distractions will happen. Um, children will be crying, and that's not a distraction. That's, that's a wonderful thing to be able to hear them, because uh, they're here learning about God also. Um, but we want to be able to minimize that, so that way we can give as much attention as possible to the worship uh, and then thirdly in this purpose is to worship God with thanksgiving. We're supposed to, to help each other be grateful for what we have. And when we remember the things that we have been given, it's incredibly easy to be grateful and to worship God through that. Fourth thing, fourth thing on the, the list of leadership is mistakes. Um, every song leader or worshiper, will make mistakes. And that's okay. That's totally okay. Um, If God demanded perfect, flawless worship, he would not ask us to do it. (laughs) All right, he is being worshipped by angels and angelic powers that would, would blow us a mind every time an angel is mentioned in the Bible. The person who sees it falls to the ground. I mean, it is, a, it is, it is powerful, the, the voice of an angel. And God is being worshipped by them all the time. But yet God's desire and God's demand is that he is worshipped by us. It's an honor and a privilege. So make mistakes, that's fine. But move on, be able to give that, give that direction and the attention back to God. Uh, so that we're not dwelling on the mistakes for longer than we need to. Um, another aspect of worship would be the followers, the people who are, who are uh, sitting side by side to be able to worship. Um, be prepared to worship. When we, we, we spoke last Wednesday that there are, are psalms in the Bible that, that are devoted and are called Psalms of Ascent. And that's the songs that Israel would have been singing on their way to Jerusalem to worship God. They were singing songs of worship on their way to sing songs of worship. Prepare yourselves every time you come that you are coming to be able to worship God. Um, something that can help is to follow the song leader. You watch him. You start when he starts. You sing when he sings. You hold when he holds. And you end when he ends. He, he has been put in this position to be able to lead uh, the songs for a purpose. And so follow him in a way that does that. And importantly, everyone must sing. It is God's design that Christians sing to one another. It has been given and it is uh, a design that God has caused so that we would be speaking to each other, that we'd be encouraging each other and helping each other. One thing we want to be able to do 
when worshiping is preserve unity. Songs unify us all together through our common love and devotion to God. We are speaking to, teaching to, admonishing and encouraging each other. And I, I shared this analogy last Wednesday that, that singing is kind of like, when I, when I envision singing in my mind, I envision a bunch of strangers linking arms because they love God and help carrying each other to heaven. That's what I see when I, when I listen to songs. When I sing these, we're encouraging each other. We're reminding each other of the love of God. And we're encouraging each other to keep going, to keep pushing on. It is an act that of, of unity that strengthens each other. Jesus prayed concerning this in John chapter 17. In John chapter 17, this is a very personal prayer between Jesus and God that was recorded for us. John 17, verse 16 through 23, Jesus prayed, They are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. For their sakes I sanctify myself, that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but also on those who believe in me through their word, that they may be one, or they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity, as that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you have loved me. This is, this, is, this is Jesus Christ's prayer to God for his people. That they may all be one, even as he and the Father are one. God prays for unity. God desires unity among his people. And this prayer, when he said in verse 20, not, for, not on behalf of these alone, but also for, for those who believe in me through their words. We're reading their words. We are believers through their words. This prayer is talking about us. And this prayer is the same today as it was then. And remember where Jesus Christ is now. He is beside the Father. And he is still asking the Father 
to help them be unified. And one of the ways that we preserve this unity is to be able to come together and to worship through song. Psalm num- number uh, 95 I wanted to, to close the Bible class last Wednesday with this psalm, but I didn't have time. Psalm 95, 1 through 7. O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God. And a, and a great king above all gods, in whose hands are the depths of the sea, and the peaks of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for it was he who made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. God is constantly worshipped by angelic beings in heaven. But yet God desires and demands that we worship him also. That is God's desire. So when we come together, let's be prepared for worship. Let us make worship a sacrifice that costs us something. Let it be done through, through what fills us up. Let us be grateful for the blessings that God's given to us and let that flow out in worship to be able to encourage each other to sing to each other. I appreciate you being able to, to listen to me this morning. Um, I really enjoyed being able to put all this together. It's helped me personally, and I hope that it's able to help you in a small way also, um, that we'd be able to, to have more joy and more encouragement when we come together to worship, and that it can be the most that it can be. Um, if there's anyone here that is not a Christian, is not part of the family of Christ, um, Consider that. There's a lot on the line. Um, and, and life is short, and sometimes it's a lot shorter than we expect. And we need to be able to make sure that our lives is right with God. If there's any here who need any encouragement or prayers, uh, go ahead and come forward as we sing in song.